Welcome to the One O'ahu Podcast. I'm Brandi Higa, and today is Thursday, December 21st, 2023, and we're joined this week by Sal Patilos. Is that how you say your last name? That's how you say your last name. Administrator for the Honolulu Liquor Commission. Sal, first of all, thanks for making some time for us. I know you're a very busy man. Oh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. And for those who aren't familiar, what exactly does the Honolulu Liquor Commission do? So the Honolulu Liquor Commission issues licenses for people to be able to serve alcohol. Uh, and we also make sure we also enforce the laws of the state of Hawaii as well as the rules of the Liquor Commission. So how many overall do you oversee? So I oversee 53 people. Uh, there are 53 positions in the agency, not all of them filled. And I think everybody knows that the critical issue for us is what to do with our enforcement uh, section. Currently, there are 16 vacancies there and only five positions are filled. So that's that's uh, something that we need to address as well as getting a chief, uh, a chief investigator. That's been, uh, that's, that position has been open for a while now and we're undergoing a recruitment process at this point. What's going on now to kind of boost that campaign to get more bodies in, in the building? Yeah, so we, we underwent a, a system review uh, and, and one of the things that, that was pointed out in the system review was the fact that, you know, we need to be able to recruit more people mm-hmm. uh, to the Liquor Commission, at least in the enforcement the, uh, in the enforcement section. Yeah. So since I've been here, what we've done is try to change the position descriptions uh, to, to allow for variability in the hours. Most of the time people work uh, evenings, so we right. make sure that people are also aware that we're trying to recruit people who, who may be willing to work in the daytime. Uh-huh. Uh, we've also put the uh, the recruitment itself on, on what's called continuous recruitment, so it's always open. Mm-hmm. And that's been relatively successful. Uh, I mean, we've had uh, applicants come in, we've interviewed, we've, we've actually uh, have three conditional offers out. So we're hoping that those folks make it through the through the process and the, hopefully they'll be with us soon. And beyond that, it seems as though the, the last, uh, uh, numbers that I saw that there were uh, there were other people applied again. So there we have a list of uh, approximately eleven people to to be interviewed again. So that, that's great. Hopefully news. we're beginning to fill those positions yeah. because that's that's important. And when you say enforcement, um, you know, folks might get confused. What are those those individuals responsible for? Uh, when it comes to the liquor laws uh, of Hawaii and the rules of the Liquor Commission, uh, the enforcement group is charged with making sure that those, that those are followed. Uh, and so they go out to the to, to licensees, see whether or not they they meet the license requirements. Uh, things like making sure you have put the si- certain signs posted, that you have you know that your employees have the correct liquor cards. Uh, just, just to clarify that, for somebody to be able to serve alcohol, they have to have a, mm-hmm. a, a card, right. uh, an ID card. And so it checks whether or not they, they have those in their possession because they're supposed to have those all the time. And so if they come across something that is against the law that is illegal, um, what happens next? There's discretion on the part of the enforcement officers. Uh, they can issue a, a warning, mm-hmm. uh, and then they can is- also issue a, a notice of violation. So they have a choice. My understanding is that try- they try to warn people first before giving them a notice of violation. So those are, are the people that you oversee, but Sal, what is your role as the administrator? If, if the you, easy if, way to explain. <laughs> I guess the easy way to explain is that I'm, I'm in charge of the whole operations and responsible for what everybody does, right? Uh, that, and that's the easy explanation. But, uh, you know, the daily operations of the, uh, of the agency, 
I, I'm responsible for that. I have to make sure if things are, are going right, if things are going wrong, uh, to, to take the actions necessary to correct things. Additionally, you know, uh, as, as, the, as the administrator, incumbent upon me to begin to say, hey, what direction are we going to go? Mm -hmm. How are we going to do certain things? So what, what's our vision for what the agency is all about? And you're fairly new to this agency. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, where were you before this and what prepared you for this role? Uh, so I was the director of the Utah Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control for eight and a half years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I served in state government in Utah for, uh, for 24 and a half years, wow. uh, 12, 12 and a half of those years in senior management positions, the last eight, as eight and a half as director of Utah Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control. So in terms of preparation for this, I, I think that my 25 years of experience and the knowledge and, uh, and skills that I've gained in that, in that period, I thought would be applicable. And, and, and transferable to this position. So I thought that's what brought me here. And uh, more than anything else, really, it was uh, because I had already retired. Uh, the, uh, the, the thought was that I could somehow contribute in a significant <laughs> way to my adopted city. And this was not an easy role to step into. I ask a lot of the directors and deputies and, and leaders um, that come on this podcast, is this job everything that you expected? <laughs> uh, that's kind of a two-edged sword, I think. <laughs> there, you know, uh, I, you know, I expected it to be challenging, and, mm -hmm. and it's and it and it's uh, proving to be that. I don't know if you know, but uh, uh, it underwent a system review mm -hmm. uh, late in fiscal year 2023. That's June, and, and so the good thing about that is that it provided a roadmap for us to be, you know, to be on a better footing organizationally. Mm -hmm. But it also showed a lot of things, uh, some some weaknesses in the organization that needed to be addressed. And so we're working on that. They, they had 17 recommendations. Mm -hmm. And while we're focusing on specific things, we're trying to work on all of them at the same time. And people might have seen that story on the news when that review did come out. But a, a story that they're seeing more often is that your group, you guys are adding commissioners. Right. What is the role of the commissioner, of the commissioners? So the commissioners writ large, right? They're responsible for the controlling and regulating uh, the manufacture, importation, and sale of alcoholic beverages in the state of Hawaii, in, in the city and county of Honolulu, sorry. Um, and so they do that via licensing, setting conditions upon the license, as well as enforcement of the rules, uh, uh, the rules of the commission, and, uh, and as well as the Hawaii, Hawaii revised statutes. But they're not you know, city employees, they, they don't work for you. They, they kind of just are volunteers to do a very important job. They are, they are. And, and, and I have to say that as volunteers, I appreciate the fact that, that you know, five of them have agreed mm -hmm. and made it through the process to be uh, uh, appointed commissioners. Yeah, we recently saw um, three new commissioners in the last um, few months in Kevin Sakamoto, Joe Bach, and Lisa mm -hmm. Martin. While quorum was an issue previously, this will help in in what other ways are you hoping to see improvement with, with these added on? Well, I, I think, you know, with, with five commissioners, the likelihood of having a quote-unquote quorum bust is uh, is less likely, right? Mm -hmm. So we're hoping that, we'll be, that the commission will be able to meet more consistently, and they're scheduled to meet, like, once every week. Mm -hmm. uh, Additionally, there's no, uh, from, from their perspective, there's no gymnastics in terms of trying to be quote unquote available 
so that, so that a meeting can be held right. and, and business goes on. Uh, there's also less chances of, of, of a quorum not be not being held, not, not having a quorum, mm -hmm. because there may be a conflict of interest. These are all people who, who work in the community. Typically, they own businesses, and so the like. There's a likelihood that you know a, a licensee. They may have a business relationship with a licensee, which requires them to recuse themselves mm -hmm. from a decision being made about that licensee or mm -hmm. about a, or about an application that the licensee mm -hmm. has. When it comes to operations and streamlining processes, what kind of efforts are being made and what do you hope to see done under your leadership? Well, I think we're, we're, we're trying to change processes. I think one of the things that I've made our, my staff aware of is that when I've gone out uh, into the community and talked with business groups, uh, one of the things that they always, uh, they, they always say is that they're a little bit, they're a little bit they're concerned about the length of time that it takes to get through an application done. Hmm. Uh, we, okay. you know, uh, that may very well be a question of just uh, overload on, on the part of the, of the agency and that there are too many applications. But I think, uh, so we're trying to handle that in, in, in two different ways. Long-term, we're trying to do a reorganization of the agency so that to address two things, right? If there are resource deficiencies, we'll be able to get resources into, into the areas that we need to have them in. But more importantly, too, is to provide uh, upward mobility for our for our, our LCI ones, liquor control investigator ones, because right now there are only a limited number of positions that they can go to. And, and the only way, way they can get to a higher level is when somebody retires or hmm. somebody terminates with, with separates from the from 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 the agency, regardless of performance. Yeah, so there there are limited numbers of yeah. of, of, uh, of available positions for LCI, what we call LCI threes. Yeah, uh, and so you know, trying you know, we have to go through a reorganization, try to create more positions that way, yeah. and provide more, uh, like I said, more opportunities for the LCI twos to to move ahead. Yeah, and the second one, we're looking at our processes to see whether or not. We can make things a little bit more efficient, mm -hmm. uh, and so that we can try to uh, try to get the li licenses approved in a more efficient way. Uh, you know, there, there, there's a balance being done here in that our investigators are concerned about the public health and safety and welfare. Right. Uh, there's that aspect, of it, but there's also the counterbalance of uh, having to do uh, having to do our jobs more efficiently because they're you know the business community. Part of the business community relies on, on us, uh, on them being able to obtain licenses. Mm -hmm. And so when, when it's delayed, it's, it's difficult for them. And, and so we need to be cognizant of that and, and, tr and try our best to uh, be able to uh, provide them with licenses in a quicker way. Yeah. And tailing on that, you kind of, you might have already kind of explained the answer to this, but I know that there's a new data dashboard where the public can actually see um, numbers from your office, requests received, completed requests, pending applications. What was the genesis of that online dashboard? That dashboard was basically in, in place before I came here. Uh, so I think it was just a desire to be more transparent, mm -hmm. to show people, you know, to give people the ability to see where their licenses are. And as well as the public to see how things are. Things are going mm -hmm. uh, in terms of being able to uh, for licenses to be able to go through the process. 
And, and what is that process? Because even, I mean, my friends ask me all the time too, if, you know, they're holding um, a beer garden at an event or like a, a one-time gala where you just need a liquor license for that night. How does the process work? If folks have questions, where can they find more? And just if you could explain that. Uh, the website has information about yeah. the things that you need to submit when you're, what you're talking about are special licenses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that, that gives you the ability to serve certain types of, depending on what you apply for, certain certain types of, of alcoholic beverages. Uh, the website has information what you need to be able to submit an application. Additionally, you can call and people will, will tell you, you know, what you need to do. But, you know, I think my, my, my request for everyone <laughs> <laughs> is that if you know you're going to have a special uh, an uh-huh. event that will require a special license, uh, please, uh, I beg of you. Uh, to provide us with as much time as possible yeah. to be able to do that, to be able to go through the process to, to approve it. Right. Because sometimes, you know, those things need to go through a hearing or, or be approved by the commission. Yeah. Uh, there, there's that process. Uh, you know, so, some of those things too can be can be done. Approval can be done administratively. Right. So, but it's, it's probably best <laughs> to, to give us as much time as possible yeah. so that, you know, we can dot all the I's and cross all the T's and that there's yeah. there are no problems with with with, with your applications. And initially besides, you know, I, I know I'm begging people to give us time, but uh, also it would be really appreciated if all the required documents are correct. If there's anything wrong with those, it'll delay it'll delay the process. So and that's probably also the reason why we'd like you to we'd like you to get you as an applicant yeah. to give us as much time as possible to, to be able to resolve any issues if they come up. Yeah, when you talk about kind of, you know, the amount that come in, maybe they're, they are they have a time crunch or they did something where, you know, they needed in a rush. What other issues do you folks face? Like, is that, does that create a backlog or, um, you know, is it just you have to work your staff overtime or what kind of issues are you, are you dealing with right now as the administrator? Well, you know, uh, I think, you know, I think it's well known that we have a backlog. And that, that's difficult to 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 address. Um, at this point, we it seems as though we need additional resources, mm-hmm. and we also and, and from my perspective, we, we can we can do some things short term in terms of our process processes to make things a little bit smoother. Uh, there are many different types of applications, and each of them are have their own right. quirks. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, we, we want to be able to do this uh, as efficiently as possible. But, you know, some things to require uh, involvement of other agencies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, for example, uh, you need a tax clearance or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or you have, we need to verify that, you know, your corporation or your LLC or whatever form of, of ownership that you have, uh, you know, whether or not the the site that you've chosen is is appropriately zoned, mm-hmm. so those are the things that we need to do. Plus, there's a requirement in in the statute that you need to notify uh, a certain number of people, a certain number of, of registered voters within hmm. uh, a certain radius of like reporting at a neighborhood board or something. Like, uh, and there's that as well. Okay. So, so there are a lot of things that that need to be met, and some yeah. of them are, are really time consuming. Right. So. You know, we're, while we're trying to, to streamline our processes, we also understand that there are things out there that may, you know, that are out of the applicant's control mm-hmm. and out of our control. And, and that may result in 
a longer time frame than 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 you than you would expect. Yeah, I know that we work with with other agencies and they have their issues as well. Uh, but but we do get that information. It just, it just may take some time sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at the city as a whole, not to make any excuses, but we have a, a hiring issue, and I think mm-hmm. that's everybody knows that that there are uh, we need to recruit more people into in, into the city. And, and so everybody's dealing with, with issues that, mm-hmm. may, that may impact things. And so, you know, when you came into this position, you mentioned you were aware of the backlog. You do still need a, a, a lot more workers to help you do this job. And the investigators, like you said, they work some hard hours. They're tasked with this really difficult job. But was there anything that surprised you? Any, anyone that, you know, you know, you see a lot of hardworking people out here. Just when I walk through the, the door, um, there's a lot of hardworking people who, who love their jobs. Was there anything that, that surprised you on the positive end? Uh, you know, I, I think talking about surprise, uh, not really. You know, I, I kind of expected that people would be uh, would be trying their best yeah. to, uh, to, to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think they understand the fact that, yes, this, you know, getting a license uh, getting that identification card is important to people. So I think they, they try, everybody's trying their huh. best to, to do things. Yeah. But, you know, but like I said, do we need to improve some things? Yes. And I think, you know, the, fa- the and I think that when you go back to the system review, you see that there are some things that need to be done, right? And because of that too, but, and, and you know, and while the system review focused in one section of the agency, uh, when I came in, I spoke with, I had one-on-ones with everybody in the agency, and in, and in my speaking with them, I know they they wanted certain improvements, and, yeah. and you know some things that that were in that system review, I think have a, a, a universal application. So we're gonna yeah. try to address those as well. That's so interesting, knowing that right that everyone here, you know, they're trying their best. Yeah. For you coming in, knowing you know, all the heat that this agency is getting, what was your message to them? Because you've held these senior management roles. How do you kind of rally the troops, build morale, tell them like, hey, I, I know it's hard. I know what they're saying about us out there, but you know, you're doing a great job. Well, yeah, I think you need to get that across. I mean, I've tried to do that, and, yeah. you know, but, but you know, there's still that thing that we need to change something. So it's, it's you, you, you applaud people for the things that they do. You talk to people, you know, yeah, just chat with them and, and figure out things that, that that are that are that they're doing in their lives, and just you know just talk about those things. But also be aware that as an agency, we need to be responsive to what's going on out there. Uh, but and you know you have those conversations. How do we address these? How do we do? We need to make changes and so on. And and slowly but surely begin to talk about those things and and see where we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm a team player, so I, I expect people to look at things and say, and, and have some ideas about how to address things. Mm-hmm. And, and I must say that people are, are coming up with ideas on how to, how to change things mm-hmm. in a way that helps the public as well as kind of smooths things out internally as well. Oh, that's gotta be great to hear when you really do get some feedback from others who want to help you on this this journey of kind of making the agency yeah, uh, improve and that's it and level important thing. I think if it's generated by the employees, it's not it's not a top down order, yeah. more like a effort. Right? Yeah, it's a little bit better. It takes into consideration the concerns that they have about you know protecting the safety of the public and also be and and also begin realizing that hey, 
you know, some things are going to have to change because we find ourselves in this situation where we do have a backlog, mm-hmm. where, you know, where we don't have enough people. Uh, and so how do we do, how do we continue to do our jobs and, and essentially protect the public yeah. and, and ensure that we're still aware of the fact that as a regulatory agency, we're, 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 we're operating in a political environment as, mm-hmm. well as, a, as well as an economic environment. Right. Yeah. I, I like that you said that because, you know, you did take this job at, at a difficult time. Not only were we I'm still coming out, obviously out of the pandemic and a lot of bars had a difficult time during the pandemic. Right. Um, and there are a lot of issues that, you know, people still have beef with, even though you weren't the administrator at the time. And so for you personally, how difficult is that? How, how do you get centered at the end of the day? What do you do to kind of brush that off? You know, and there's pending losses, which we can't talk about because they are pending. But you know, that kind of all falls on you at the end of the day. Is that difficult? It is, but, you know, uh, I'm focused on moving forward. And so I have this roadmap about how to put us on a better operational footing in terms of the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so putting my head down, mm-hmm. focusing on the things that we can do with regard to the system review. Uh, and, and my sense is that if we do that, Will be will be better operationally. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we're a little bit more efficient, mm-hmm. and more importantly, I think you know we begin to to gain the public trust, saying that hey, somebody came in, looked at us, found these things, and we're trying to address those, and knowing full well that by addressing those, we put ourselves on a better footing, right? Uh, so I think it's imperative that we do that. Uh, and then, you know, you can't say that if you just, you know, wall yourself off and, and, and don't listen to the criticism or whatever, mm-hmm. because some of it's valid. I mean, you know, when you talk, when I go out there and I talk to business groups and they say, hey, we have a concern about X. You can't just say, oh, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. There, there's, definitely, there's, there's definitely something driving that, when, especially when it's consistent across the board, right? So there, there are issues that you need to address. So you put your head down, talk to your staff, work with your staff, and hopefully you come up with a solution to those things. Some of those things may take a while. Well, I'll guarantee some of those things will take a mm-hmm. while. But there are things that we can do and that things that we can address that hopefully by the end of this, this fiscal year, you know, we'll have addressed some of the major things that were brought out in the system review. What's your blood pressure, Sal? Uh, my doctor tells me that I'm close to being dead. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that it was, uh, it's really funny that you say that because I had a doctor visit and they took my blood pressure and they took my pulse and they said, is your pulse always that low? I try to keep it low. I try, I, I try to, you know, I, I try to keep everything in perspective. Yeah. You know, the job is demanding, demanding for a good reason, yeah. you know, because we are serving the public. That, that that's that's the that's the end all that we that we're able to serve the public. That said, I'm out there putzing around in, in, in the waves trying to surf because you know what? It's relaxing, it's enjoyable, it's nice to be out there in the lineup and then people tell you about what you're doing wrong. <laughs> and it, it's really, you know, it, it's really funny. It, it took a while for people to start talking to me, just like, just like <laughs> most things. But, you know, it's like, you know, you're out there and, and they, they begin to recognize you. They begin to, and I have to say that, you know, whoever I've met out there have been, have been really, really nice. 
and and you know been very very helpful in trying to get me to understand what I'm doing wrong, <laughs> which you know it's somehow difficult for somebody who, like who's 63 years old. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so I try to keep that balance as demanding as the work is. If my kids have a concert or have a play, I'm gonna go to that play. I'm gonna. I'm gonna to try to forget about work for a little bit and and go listen to my kids play in the orchestra or have my kid listen to my kid performing in a musical. Yeah, that ability to be in the moment. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, there's that, but you know, the, but there's always that little bit like, what was that? What was that? Yeah. There's always something in the back of your head like, what else can we do to improve? Yeah. Well, so we also thought it'd be time to get you on right now because come January, um, some changes go into effect as it relates to Narcan. Right. Can you can you talk about that? Yeah. So uh, there was an ordinance passed that required licensees to have Narcan on hand, mm-hmm. and uh, we we worked with uh, council members like uh, Tyler DeSantis mm-hmm. to get the word out and to get the kits out. So we do have some kits still available. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Uh, and so if you're a licensee, yeah, reach out, and if you haven't gotten them yet. Mm-hmm reach out and come and pick up uh, the kit that's being made available to you. Well, Sal, thanks so much. Is there anything we missed? Um, I, I don't think so. <laughs> what do you want for Christmas? Mm. A new board? I don't know about that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a collector of guitars. And, the, you know, it's, it's funny. You, you can never have enough guitars, I think. It's, it's, the, <laughs> it's the only thing that, I, that, the only message that I'm getting. Uh, but no, I, I think, you know, as much as I'd like, I'd like things like a new board or, or a new guitar, you know, I'm not really big on Christmas. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm happy with whatever my wife decides she's <laughs> going to give me. Uh, I think for me, the, the fact that I'm going to be spending that Christmas with, with my family is the big thing. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, everything else is just icing on the cake. Well, Sal, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on on, on the podcast. And thank you for listening. The next time we'll be back here on the One O'ahu podcast will be in 2024. Our next episode will be on Thursday, January 11th, 2024. And if you have a question for Mayor Rick Blanchardi on that first podcast of the year, you can submit your podcast questions by heading to oneoahu.org slash podcast. And on behalf of everyone here in the city and county of Honolulu, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and until next year, aloha.